You're listening to the Redemption Church Podcast with Pastor Daniel Williams as we go through a series called God Redeems, a study through the book of Exodus. Guys, we are going to uh, move forward in our study of the book of Exodus. Uh, I love the book of Exodus, so I'm excited uh, for us to be able to uh, continue to study God's Word and um, move forward in worshiping Him through His Word. And so, uh, God loves when we come to Him. Uh, We come to Him in song, we come to Him in prayer, and we come to Him in the study of His Word. Uh, We come to Him in service and so many other ways uh, that he has called us to come unto him. And so um, I'm excited to see what God has for us as we uh, walk through his word uh, this evening. And uh, uh, so um, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 17, and we're going to start in verse 8. And uh, I know that God uh, is going to speak to us this evening uh, because I know that he speaks to me uh, when you know, when you, you, you guys realize, right, when pastors prepare messages, they're really for them. If you guys get anything out of it, that's called a bonus, right? That's kind of how that works. I'm kidding. Uh, but there, there is a lot of truth in that is God speaks to us deeply uh, as you sit in his presence and you ask him to give you the word that the congregation needs, that you ask him to guide and direct you in uh, sharing uh, the Um, the things from this passage uh, that can minister to us where we're at this evening. And so um, if you've got your Bibles, if you don't have a Bible, uh, we have some in the back. We'd love to give you one. And um, so are our Bibles out back there? Yes, they are. Uh, Anybody need a Bible? I'd love for you to have one. It it is up on the screen for those of you guys uh, that like to follow along digitally, if that's okay. Um, But uh, some people like to have a physical Bible in their hand. I do. I'm one of those people. Um, So um, we are going to be in Exodus chapter 17, 8 through 16. We're going to finish out this passage of Scripture tonight. Uh, And it is so rich. There is so much here. I could break it down in two or three little messages, really. Um, But we're going to try to to get this in this evening uh, in the next uh, two and a half hours. And uh, what? Daniel's not here. Pastor Daniel's not here. Right? I mean, new rules. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm kidding. No, we'll try to get, a, get you guys out of here on time. And so uh, let's pray as we come before the Lord uh, in the study of his word. Lord Jesus, we do thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, uh, that you're always with us. Lord, we thank you that in moments of broken guitar strings and broken capos and uh, broken ankles, Lord, seems the season of broken, uh, that Lord, you show up in mighty ways, and you continue to provide, Lord, and you continue to uh, just bless our spirits, Lord, to fill us up, Lord. So we thank you for that, Lord, and we ask you for that now, Lord, that you would just continue to minister to us through your word, Lord, and just pray, Lord, that uh, the words that you've given me tonight, Lord, would be the words uh, that your congregation, your body needs to hear, Lord. So we just thank you, Jesus. We love you. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would prepare our hearts to receive your word this evening. In your holy name I pray, amen, amen. 
Uh, I do love this passage of scripture, and most of you guys probably heard this passage of scripture before, and uh, this passage of scripture is one that I use continually. Um, and so I remember early on when uh, I was a young missionary, I mean, these were the days when Moses was uh, you know, still in the wilderness, right? Me as a young missionary. Uh, I always tell my students, I am a, uh, a, a Bible teacher at a Christian school, and I always tell my students, when Noah and I were coming down off the ark, uh, you know, so uh, they believe it. That's, you know, um, that's just something. Uh, so um, this passage of scripture that we're gonna talk about tonight, um, and I've entitled this uh, like four different things. So arms lifted high, that's what I ended up with. <laughs> yeah, so I think I had three different title, uh, message titles. Um, Pastor Daniel always gives me a hard time. He's like, so what's the message title here? And I'm like, I'm not great at titling messages, right? Uh, so if I ever write a book, I'm gonna have to have somebody title the chapters for me. Cause, um, so, but anyway, this passage of scripture, and the reason really that I settled with arms lifted high here is because this is the part that ministers to me the most in this passage of scripture. And, uh, you know, it comes a little bit later in the passage of scripture and we're gonna get there, but uh, the, the whole idea of the community coming together to fight this battle. And so that's what we're gonna see tonight because uh, we are gonna look at um, the Amalekites and uh, Amalek and uh, Amalek is gonna come against the Israelites and there's gonna be a battle and uh, it's gonna be fierce and it's gonna be long and people are gonna die, right? It's like an epic movie type of thing. And uh, it's gonna be intense, this battle that the Israelites are going to have to fight. And so uh, I don't wanna tell you too much more about it. It's like, uh, I don't know if you guys like those movies where uh, the end is given away before you begin and it shows you the end and then you go to the beginning and you're like, what is going on here, right? Why did I see that person you know, over here dead and now they're alive again and this is, you're like, what's happening, like, right? And it's like 12 years ago, this is how this started. I'm like, no, 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 no. You gotta keep the surprise ending for the end, right? So I don't want to give away too much. Maybe you know this passage of Scripture. Maybe you don't, okay? Uh, I love this passage of Scripture, and you guys are probably sitting there saying, he says that about everything. <laughs> You're right, right? Uh, so Pastor Daniel often gives me the choice. He's like, well, what would you like to teach? And I was like, well, I love that one, and I love that one, and I love it. He's like, okay, you can teach those right? Uh, so oftentimes it is, and it just so happens that I wasn't necessarily scheduled to teach this one, but I do love this one. So it, uh, uh, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Uh, so let's read this passage of scripture together. Israel defeats uh, Amalek uh, is uh, pretty much what's going on here. In, in verse 8 of Exodus chapter 17, it says, then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim, so Moses said to Joshua, choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. When Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands grew weary, so he took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, while Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other side. 
So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun, and Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this as a memorial in the book and recite it in the ears of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it, the Lord is my banner, saying a hand up on the throne of the Lord. The Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. So, so far with the children of Israel, we have seen complaining and grumbling. We've seen a poor memory of what Egypt really was like. You guys remember all that stuff, right? Which means they're exactly like me and you. You thought I was going to leave you out of that equation, but they're exactly like us, right? We forget some of the things of the past and only remember the glorified moments of them, not the difficult moments of them, right? And when we're in the present, knowing that God has provided for us time and time and time and time again, yet we sit and we go, God, come on. What is going on here? What is going on here, right? We grumble and we complain. We're like, remember when it was? You know one of the most dangerous things for a church is remember when? That's one of the most dangerous things for a church. I remember I was uh, working at a church and, uh, and in the ministry there at a church and uh, we started and it had about 150, 200 people when I started going to that church and uh, it slowly began to grow and got a building and turned into about 600 people and so forth and literally every conversation you had with somebody that had been there since the beginning is, remember when there were only about 100 people here? Remember how nice that was? Remember we could... It's like, yeah, when there were 100 people here, do you know how much we prayed that there would be 500 people here? Remember when we could get in small groups and everybody knew everybody and everything, right? And so we look at our situation sometimes and we begin to complain and we begin to grumble and we have a poor memory of what it was really like, right? And so that's who we are, okay? They had a poor memory of Egypt, Okay? And they have a poor memory of God and his grace and his mercy. But that's the thing about God. His grace and his mercy doesn't change because of your poor attitude. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is unchanging. He is unchanging. And that is important for us to remember, and we see that time and time and time again in the book of Exodus. It is such an incredible gospel story, the book of Exodus. It's a parallel to what Christ would do. Moses gets to go in and deliver the Israelites from bondage and slavery, just like Jesus came in and delivered us from bondage and slavery. That's what this book is all about, okay? God did not give the Israelites, what they deserved. Man, they deserve punishment. They deserve death. They deserve to be left alone, to die thirsty and hungry. Right? After all that complaining, guys. And what did God do? He sent water from the rock and manna from heaven. 
right? And then what happens? They say, ah, that manna, goodness, we haven't gotten there yet, but you'll see it. You know, it's just the same thing every day and every day and every day. And that water, you're giving us the cheap water and you're drinking the Evian and the food. Sorry, I heard that before service. I had to make that reference. That's a little inside joke there with a couple of guys. But, but here's the thing, guys. God didn't stop. They didn't deserve it, but God. That's one of the greatest phrases ever. You guys know that, right? You see that in Scripture a lot. You see it in Scripture a lot. Here was an impossible thing, but God. That's the coolest thing. That's the coolest thing, right? So here are my notes I got. But God, dot, dot, dot. Because you can fill in the blank in your own life, right? How many circumstances, how many situations, how many things that you have experienced that you could say, this was terrible, but God, but God, but God. Battles come in a lot of different shapes and sizes, guys. Let's look at verse eight. Battles come in a lot of different shapes and sizes. Verse eight says, then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. Listen, their first battles were what? Food, food, right? A lack of food. That's a pretty serious battle, right? Lack of food, God provided. Their second major battle in the desert was water. God provided. Their next major battle is Amalek. Well, that's different. At first, their battles are provision, necessities, simple elements of life that keep us alive, things that we need to continue going, and God, God provided every time. Now, think about these people in Israel. Now, you got to understand, the Israelites have been there for about 400 years. How many battles do you think they fought? Pharaoh wasn't looking at them going, hey, guys, you just go fight battles for me. The Israelites weren't going to fight for the Egyptians. They were not warriors. They were not people that were raised up as warriors. They probably made lots of armor and lots of things for the Egyptians. But they weren't warriors. That was, they were not meant to be warriors. That's not what their thing was. And here they are, okay? And here they are. This will be the first time that they actually go to war here in the scripture. This is the first time that we see the Israelites go to war in the scripture. The Amalekites come against them, scripture says. So we have different types of battles in our lives, right? We got battles of the flesh, stuff that's me, stuff that keeps me surviving. Maybe it's a loss of a job. Maybe it's this thing or that thing that's happened in my life. That's basic provisions that we cry out to the Lord for and God answers. And then we have attacks from the enemy direct attacks from the enemy. This is not about their flesh or their spirits being weak. This is not about their grumbling and complaining and God showing up. This is about a physical enemy coming against them and waging war. 
So we see right here in scripture, guys, that God is showing us that our battles are different. They come in different shapes and sizes. We have personal battles. We have internal battles. We have our own personal struggles with sin. And then there's this full-out war with Satan himself and his demons. And that's a different type of battle, y'all. Now, I will tell you one thing. Prayer is where we win all of these battles, right? Prayer is where we win all of these battles, but they are different battles, guys. They are different battles. The Amalekites, let's talk about who they were for just a minute. They're descendants of Esau. You guys know that, right? Esau, you guys all know who Esau is, right? And so he, he's described in the book of Hebrews as a godless man, some of your versions may use the word profane, okay, that he's a profane man. It really just means godless, an unbeliever, right? His descendants are godless people. So we see this is a battle of God's people against godless men and women. And today we see that in our culture. There are godless men and women that are waging war against the church, against morality, against anything that Christianity stands for. They're all over the place. And it's a battle. It must be fought. But we recognize in this passage of Scripture, battles are won by the Lord, not by our efforts. Not by our efforts. But that doesn't mean you don't have to be involved because you will be involved. You will be involved. And when we look at the Israelites in this passage of scripture, they're deeply involved in this battle. And they're all called to different things as we look at them, right? Now, again, they had been slaves. We were slaves to sin. They remembered Egypt. Egypt seemed great. And now here they are getting ready to go out to battle. And you remember before they kept telling Moses, why'd you bring us out here? Were there not good enough graves in Egypt? That's a pretty dark statement, isn't it? That's a pretty dark statement. I would have rather died back there than go through what I'm going through now, okay? I would have rather died back there, right? Now, here's the, here's the interesting thing, right? And, and this is a, a thing and. uh, so I, I was probably a little remiss in not telling Tanya and, and Vicky this uh, when they got baptized. Uh, you know, uh, making a public profession of, of Christ is kind of like putting a target on your back. I just want you guys to know that, all right? Uh, so, um, you know, in the Baptist church, they say one of the quickest ways for, to get rid of people if you don't like them is to get them saved and baptized, and then they'll leave almost immediately, right? I'm telling you. I've seen a lot of people in ministry, okay? Doing ministry, I've seen a lot of people get baptized and then go through a difficult season of life. Lots of spiritual attacks. Lots of spiritual attacks, okay? And here's why. Because the enemy likes to attack when we're kind of up here on cloud nine, when we're feeling good, when our guard's down a little bit, we're like, 
everything is great right now. I just got baptized, things are good. I'm stronger than I've ever been before the Lord. And amen, amen, amen. But be careful. Be careful. Because the enemy, he's wise and he's cunning, he's divisive, and he is the worst kind of liar. The worst kind of liar. Now, let's look at these guys, all right? Let's look at the, uh, the plan in verse nine through 10. The plan, verse nine through 10. So Moses, right, in verse nine and 10, Moses goes and he tells Joshua, choose some men and get them prepared to fight the battle. I love Joshua, you guys. I love Joshua. Every leader wants a Joshua, telling you right now, right? I mean, Joshua is one of those kids that it's like you're working yourself out of a job by raising this guy up, and, and that's a good thing. That's what leaders are supposed to be doing is working themselves out of a job. That's what they say, good leadership. That's part of it. You should be raising up a guy that ends up better than you. That's always a good thing, right? And so Joshua is that guy. Joshua is that guy. And here's the thing. Moses said, Joshua, come here. Get an army together. Get some guys together. Get yourselves prepared, and you're gonna go out to battle. And you know what Joshua said? Yes, sir. And he went and did it. And he just went and did it. The Bible, just so basically, there's so much wrapped up in that verse right there. It says, Joshua did as Moses told him. Faithful servant, faithful servant. There's so much scripture that says that God desires your obedience more than your sacrifice, okay? He desires your obedience. He wants you, okay, to be obedient to what his word tells you to do. And Joshua is a perfect model of this, right? Joshua, he knew that Moses was God's servant and that Moses spent time with God. So he knew that when Moses gave that command, that Moses heard that from God, and he knew that this was part of God's plan. He could trust Moses for this. He could trust Moses for this. So this is a really amazing part of it, right? He knew Moses had already shown himself to be a faithful servant of the Lord, to intercede on the behalf of the people, to lead them to a place where they ended up with manna, to lead them with a place where they ended up with water and the whole time going, it was God, it was God, it was God. A good spiritual leader never takes credit for the work of the Lord. A good spiritual leader never takes credit for the work of the Lord, all right? We have to trust our leaders because you're going to battle. You're going to battle. And you need to be able, in the midst of battle, pick up a phone and go, Pastor Daniel, I need prayer. And trust that he's gonna pray with you and trust that he will continue to pray with you. We need to be able to trust our leaders, okay? This is really important. Now, the book of Deuteronomy, the Bible says that the Amalekites actually snuck up from behind the Israelites in the desert and attacked them from behind. Well, that sounds just like the devil. Just like the devil. You know, in 1 Peter, it says that the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy, waiting, seeking. You know, lions by nature are lazy. 
They seem incredibly fierce and, and powerful, which they are. Don't get me wrong. Don't go wrestle a lion, okay? But they're lazy. They're lazy. When they hunt, they literally lay in the grass and just wait. And you know what they're looking for? They're looking for somebody that's feeble, that's weak, a member of, of the herd who's kind of a little bit behind, who's, who's not surrounded by the rest of the herd, who's not protected by the rest of the herd because the lion knows that if he gets in the midst of that herd, that that herd can actually take him down as a pack, as a herd, but that those one or two on the backside, he can sneak up behind and he can actually attack them from behind and he can take the weak ones and the strong ones at the front are often like, what happened? What happened? So the devil's never gonna come straight on to this thing. He's gonna creep in from behind and just start picking them off. And that's exactly what the Amalekites did. And Moses said, no, we're not doing that. Let's get an army together. Let's get out there, right? So the plan was for Moses to go up on the mountain. And here's the good part, guys. It's all good, y'all. Okay, so the plan was for Moses to go up on the mountain. He has his staff. Now, this staff is pretty cool. This is the staff that touched the water. The waters go back, right? This is the staff that hit the ground, turned into a snake. He picked it up again, turned back into a staff. God has done some amazing things through this staff. Now, let me be honest with you. There ain't nothing special about the staff. Nothing special about the staff. And here's where the church oftentimes gets confused. We start looking to the staff as opposed to the power behind the staff. We gotta be careful, guys. We're not worshiping things. We're not worshiping items. We're not worshiping idols. We're not worshiping relics. We're not worshiping any of these things. We worship the God who used men like Moses, who used men like Joshua, who used men that really and truthfully were unqualified and unworthy. And God rose them up and he used them for his glory as we see here. Remember Moses when we started this passage of scripture? He was like, I can't talk. I'm pretty sure he had that country accent because, you know, that's how, that's how I grew up hearing it. My preacher's from southern, uh, eastern Kentucky, so that's how he said it. So I'm pretty sure that's Moses' accent was deep like that, right? Yes. Okay, as a kid, everybody had a country accent from when they were reading the Bible, right? Okay, even Jesus. Uh, so, listen. Okay, the plan was to go up on the mountain with that staff, take his support team with him, Aaron and her. Man, these guys were Moses' assistants, right? It's really good to have a good assistant, isn't it, Pastor Daniel? No glory, no self-glory. I was talking about Brian and Sue and all these other people here that stand in the gaps. In all seriousness, there's a lot of people here that stand in the gaps. Moses surrounds himself with people that love the Lord. Now, we know Aaron, right? We all know Aaron. Have you guys ever stopped and go, who is her? Right? Who is her? Aaron and her. These guys, Moses' assistant, Aaron the priest, and her was another leader. The Bible speaks a lot about him, okay, in various little places, but doesn't really give you much background. Aaron, we know, 
was the high priest, right? He was chosen by God to be the priest of that day. And we'll see that the descendants will come through him of the priesthood, right? And we see him all through the book of Exodus. But this is the first mention of her in the scripture. He was probably one of the leaders of the people. He was one of the guys that was not always in the front, but ultimately played a huge role in the ministry, a huge role in the ministry, okay? So this is an important aspect. The Bible doesn't go into great detail about who he is, but he shows up in this story and he's vitally important, equally as important as Moses standing there, as Aaron standing there, and as her. Equal importance coming across here. This battle would not have been won without all three of those guys doing the part that God called them to do, okay? What a beautiful picture of the church. The battle would not be won without all members doing the part that God called them to do. Joshua, he's gonna get a book. Moses got to write five. Her gets nothing. Just this mention right here. But his glory in heaven, his father receiving him in heaven for being faithful, because it's not about the glory that we receive here, it's about doing the work that he's called us to do and being obedient to it. So if we're called to stand beside a leader and hold up his hand and never step foot on a stage and never receive any glory, then that's what we are called to do and there will be great glory in heaven for being obedient to your call. There's a problem, there's a problem. Now, here's what the scripture said, right? Moses, staff, hands up, okay? They're winning. Hands down, they're losing, right? I don't know how Moses figured all this out. It was probably a winning, winning. (gasps) And his arms got tired. Have you guys ever, have you ever, okay, held your arms up during worship and the song keeps going and you keep holding your arms up Okay, and you, I mean, you got this thing, right? You've been field golden it, field, field goaling it the whole time, right? Right, this, this, right? Maybe you threw a window washer in there. <laughs> right, okay, right? Maybe you were feeling Pentecostal and did some, okay? But you're holding your arms up, right? And then they get a little weary. Does that happen? ever happen when you're worshiping? And then you go into this position right here, right? Okay, maybe a little twisty hand, right? Just to keep it, because, you know, we want to make sure, okay? And then we come down here like this, right? Now we're worshiping down here, because those arms get tired when you hold them up for a long time, right? Right? I mean, this stuff happens, y'all. It's real, Okay? So you're worshiping the Lord and you're like, yes, and we're talking about a song that goes on for like two minutes, maybe three minutes, and we're like, Lord, I can't keep my hands up. I love you, Lord, but I love you. I still love you. Still, I love you, Lord. I'm just bringing an offering at this point, right? Because it gets hard to hold our arms up. 
And here's the incredible thing, right? So you can imagine Moses is up on this hill and he's looking down at Joshua, right? And he's noticing when my arms start to go down, they start to lose. And so he starts to make this connection, right? Hands up, they win. And Aaron or her are there with him. Now Moses is tired. He's tired. Moses is tired. Here's the crazy thing. Right, I was talking with Tanya right before service. I said, Tanya, you tired? And she said, oh, goodness, yes. Ministry is exhausting sometimes. It is. We were out there in the heat of the sun yesterday passing things out. And, and so we understand and we know why Joshua is tired, don't we? And why those soldiers are tired. And they're battling through these things, Right? And then we look at Moses, and we're like, Moses, dude, all you got to do is hold your arms up. Why are you so tired? Right? One of the craziest things that I ever experienced when I became a pastor missionary is when I was on the field, I would prepare my message, okay, throughout the week, and then I would get up on Sundays, okay, a couple services through, through the week, but I would get up there on Sundays, and I would teach a message, and then when the message was over, I would go home and sleep for like three hours. I'm like, why am I so tired? All I'm doing is preaching. I'm just teaching. Now, I get a little excited from time to time, so that uses a little bit of energy. Sometimes my watch thinks I'm exercising, right? Like, no, 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 I'm just teaching, okay? No, but in all seriousness, ministry is exhausting. It is. There's a spiritual element to ministry that just can wear you out. It doesn't have to be physically exhausting. It's spiritually exhausting, you need to be refreshed. You need to be renewed. You need people surrounding you and loving you, right? Or if you just preached a sermon, you might need a nap. Okay. Uh, so, listen, ministry's exhausting. Moses is doing this spiritual element of the ministry, and it's very exhausting. His hands were lifted high. Guys, here's the thing. No matter how spiritual you are, sometimes we get tired when we continue to worship and worship and worship. We even get weary sometimes, right? We're like, I don't know if I can continue doing this. I'm tired. Maybe I'll just put my arms down for a little bit. Just take a little break. Just take a little break, right? We don't know what's going on in Moses' head here, but we do know that these two guys come beside him and they're like, Moses, we see that you're tired. We can tell. And so they begin to hold his arms up and Moses is still tired. And so they, they walk him over and they sit him on a rock and they sit him on that rock and they hold his arms up just like that. They just hold his arms up just like that. And the entire day, until the sun sets, scripture says, they hold his arms up. People that love him, people that support him, come alongside of him. But this is even, even, even better than that, you guys, I think. Because here's the thing. They took him and they set him on a rock. We made that illustration, water from the rock. The rock is Jesus. Guys, when you're weary, it's great to have people come around you. 
it's great to have people hold your arms up, but there is no greater foundation that will give you strength and solid grounding than Jesus Christ. Moses sat on a rock and his friends held his arms up for him and they won the battle and they won the battle. Guys, Moses was worshiping. It wasn't about that staff. It was, this was just something God wanted to show them. This is not about you, Moses. This is not about you, Aaron. This is not about her. This is not about Joshua down there. I'm gonna show you how powerful I am. Moses, you're gonna get weak. Your arms are gonna drop and they're gonna start losing. I want you all to know that I'm winning and fighting this battle. Guys, you're gonna go through seasons in your life where you're losing the battle. You may even lose a little battle here and there. But let me tell you, the war, oh, it's already been won. It's already been won. I love 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 through 18. I'm just going to read this to you and let it minister to you. It says, therefore, encourage one another, build one another up just as you are doing. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace amongst yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays evil for evil, but always seeks to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We gotta encourage one another. We gotta hold each other's arms up. We gotta lead people to the rock. I remember early in ministry, a guy, I think it was our first year in the church, his wife had a heart attack and died at the age of 41. He was left with two little kids, seven and eight years old. It was horrible, it was awful. And I remember talking to a pastor friend of mine and I was like, I don't, I don't know how to help this guy. I have no idea. I've never experienced anything like this. And he said, listen, be careful that he doesn't depend on you for his strength. Hold up his hands and make sure that he's grasping towards Jesus. Give him the foundation that he needs in Christ. Not in a pastor, not in a ministry, not in a man, not in anything else. Jesus is the only one that can win those battles for us. His journey was long and it was difficult. It was long and it was difficult. Guys, the victory. Gosh, there's so much to learn from this scripture. And now, uh, <clears throat> we know Pastor Daniel's gonna be out for a couple of weeks, so I'm probably gonna touch on this again next week. Uh, but I, I just wanna, um, we're all called to different aspects of this ministry. We're all called to different aspects. Every call is important. Joshua, the men he called to go fight with him, Moses, Aaron, her, 
and the people back at the camp, because there were people back at the camp, they were probably praying. That'd be my guess. Well, that's what I'd be doing for sure. If I knew they were out there fighting a battle and this is the first real battle that they had had. Guys, it says that Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner, Jehovah Nisa. You know, I think of all these marches in history. I'm a history teacher as well. I teach Bible and history. And I think of all the marches throughout history. Pretty much every picture of every march you ever see, they carry a banner, don't they? They carry a banner. And, and those banners that usually lead the march are to tell you, this is not about one individual in our group. This is about the group as a whole. Now, some, some marches aren't for great things, but it's a concept. A banner reminds us who this is about, what this is for. It's not about the individuals marching in this particular thing. It's about the message as a whole. And that's one thing that Moses is doing here. He's reminding the people, guys, this is not about me. This is not because I held my arms up. This is about the Lord. The Lord is my banner. I'll worship him. I'll worship him. Everything that he does, I'll worship him. I'll worship him. We need to keep our arms lifted high to heaven. And when you grow weary, church, call on those errands and hers that God put in your life. Call on the errands and hers that God has put in your life and say, I'm having a rough week. I'm not feeling it. I'm struggling. My desire to pray, I don't know where it went. Last week, all I wanted to do was pray. This week, I can't even concentrate for two minutes. You guys have weeks like that? No? Just me? No? You guys are perfect? I thought so. That's really hard to pastor a perfect church. <laughs> you know I'm kidding. Listen, we're gonna, I'm going to ask Will to come. We're going to prepare our hearts before the Lord right? I can almost guarantee you every single one of you is in a battle. And maybe it's a personal, maybe it's one like the water, the provision, the manna, those types of things. Or maybe it's one where the enemy is in full attack against you and he is attacked from every weak place in your life. But these past two or three chapters of Scripture are there to remind us, no matter what level of battle, God is there for you. God is there for you. We just need to lean in. We need to trust him. So I'm just gonna invite you tonight. Guys, as we prepare our hearts for communion, Will's gonna play one song, and I'll come back up and lead us all together as a church. Because just as we see in the scripture, there's strength in the body of Christ working together. If you're fighting a battle, if you're in the midst of it, man, lift up those arms before the Lord as we sing, as we worship together, as we pray, as we offer ourselves, Romans 12, a living sacrifice before Him. Whether physically, spiritually lift up your arms before the Lord and say Lord I'm weary 
I'm in a battle and I need you. I need you. Lord, show me my Aaron and hers. Show me those that will come beside me and hold my arms up and walk me through this. If you don't already know them, many of you do, okay? Spend some time. Seek the Lord for what he has for your life. This is Pastor Daniel Williams with Redemption Church. Thank you so much for listening to this message. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or YouTube, so you never miss a message. The mission of Redemption Church is to pursue and to proclaim Jesus, and we would love to have you partner with us. Feel free to share these messages with your family and friends. And also, if you'd like to donate to the ministry, go to redemptiondb.com. God bless you.